0: Amen, hallelujah. So I, well, I'm not gonna say I promise, but I don't plan to be. Long. <laughs> and uh you know, reason why? A couple reasons. uh One, we gotta get up early in the morning, and then two, before we leave, I gotta edit this video.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh,
0: yeah. So I have no attention. So I have a, t- I have a certain time where I'm gonna stop. I'm just not gonna tell y'all because then y'all gonna be, all right, when's he gonna stop? <laughs> so. Um, so I haven't started my clock yet, so. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get through this. Amen. 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 So, you know, we've been talking about sanctification and, uh, the Lord won't let me leave it. And it, you know, it's funny where I, I still had my notes where I didn't complete everything, but the Lord gave me a new stuff and he waited till Thursday to give it to me. And, uh, you know, as I kept reading and stuff, I said, okay, all right, we'll, we'll go that way. <laughs> I guess I don't really have a choice. So. <laughs> but this is uh sanctification part four. And I guess a little subtitle will be servants of God. You know, we, um, we discussed and talked about, you know, having a will, um, knowledge of God's word and um, s- submitting to the Holy Spirit and how that's going to keep us in our walk and sanctification. Right. But how do we live? Th- how do we live in this life, th- live this life of sanctification in this world? All right because we have one or two avenues we can go we can go towards god's way or we can go towards the world's way All Right, so you know it sounds easy when i say well just have a will to do it <laughs> and uh you know have a knowledge of the word or you know study the word and then surrender to the holy spirit and it sounds easy to do right but we have to understand you know before we came to the lord we had one nature Right. That was a sin nature. And that's what what the scriptures call our old man. Right. But when we become the when we come to Christ, our old man dies. Right. But we still have this flesh. Right. And this flesh wants the old man to resurrect itself a lot of times. And, the, and our flesh is always going to want the old man to resurrect itself until we die. and And that's what we have to be mindful of, because. You know, and, and here's the thing also, sometimes with a lot of times with Christians, we think the sin is in the temptation. The temptation is not in the sin. It's when we give into those temptations. Right. Because Jesus was tempted. And, and the thing about it, Jesus was tempted after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. So temptation is going to come, but we can't give into the temptation. But our flesh wants to give into those temptations. Right. And it doesn't mean necessarily that we may um, commit the egregious sins like murder you know, or adultery or things like that, it could be gluttony, right? Because we could be in this, people who worry tend to eat a lot, right? And, and I, if I'm bored, I'll start snacking. I'll start snacking, right? And that's not good neither. Yeah. And my wife, Yeah, she says, yeah, amen. <laughs> I'm bad, I do eat candy before I go to bed and chew gum while I'm sitting in the bed. So yes, I do that and she gets on me all the time. And she'll tell me, your teeth are gonna fall out. I said, that's okay, they they made fake teeth in case my teeth fall out, so. (laughs) But we do go back and forth at nighttime sometimes. (laughs) I digress, so where was I? So, you know, what's going to give us victory is in this walk of St. We have to become servants, bond servants to God, Amen. right? We, we, we have to become bond servants to God. And, you know, we're either going to be bond servants to our flesh or to God. You know, sometimes we'll see Christians that'll struggle over and over. And y'all heard me talk about it one week. They may God. They may be a bond servant to God next week. They're bond servant to their flesh. Right. And, and we can be guilty of that, right? But ultimately we have to become bond servants to God and that's going to help us. So sin tries to sin tries to control us. And we, we have to be on guard of that because yes, we're born again. Yes, our old nature and our old nature meaning being driven and controlled by sin. Because we know when we lived, before we came to Christ, it was a lot easier to function when we only had one nature right and it was that sin nature and guess what the rest of the people in the world were just like us for the most part right so they didn't tell us when we were wrong sometimes they rejoiced when we were wrong right so i mean you think about it even when we used to go out and hang out drink all night they celebrated that right and then we would celebrate with them right we would pay the price for it later on the next day but those are things we would do but once we come to Christ, now, I don't want to say two nations because the old nature is supposed to die. But again, that's where that battle comes in with the flesh and our spirit. And now, like I mentioned earlier, that our flesh wants that old nature to come back to life. Right. We got to remember that old nature. We wanted to die and it's going to be dormant. Right. But it can come back. And that's what the flesh wants. But see, when that flesh wants that old nature to rise back up and come back to life, that's where the spirit comes in. Right. The Holy Spirit will come in and say, uh, uh-uh, there's a new nature here. Right. But then that's where the struggle comes in. Right. And then in between where that struggle takes place, I think I mentioned it last week, is that soul. Right. Uh, that soul is house, our mind, our thoughts, our will, our emotions. So now if we face. Things like rejection and hurts. Our flesh will try to use that to get us to go into our sinful nature. And we we have to be on guard about those things. And that's why it's important for us to be made whole. We're we're trusting God and trusting God fully in his word. Amen. Amen. And some things we are going to have to cut off. <laughs> so I'll get to that later if. Uh, if the Lord leads me to. Right. So, you know. So before we came to the Lord, scripture tells us we had a heart of stone, right? Let's turn to Ezekiel uh, 36. Ezekiel 36, uh, verse 26 and 27. I don't know why I'm guessing I have it right here in front of me. (laughs) See, now that we are saved, God has replaced that heart of stone. And what he's replaced it with through the help of the Holy Spirit helps us to have victory in this walk and in this life. You know what? Maybe I might need to go back to my old my natural Bible because I love hearing the pages turn. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. All right. So Ezekiel 36, uh, 26, verse 26 and 27. I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone. Out of your flesh. And give you a heart of flesh. So that heart of flesh. Is what he can make. He can mold. Right. Because now that old heart of stone. Was stubborn. Hard headed. Doesn't want to do the things of God. Amen. So this new heart that he's given us. Now it, it, it wants to it wants to do the things of God. But again, our flesh doesn't. All right, verse 27. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my my judgments and do them. So my spirit, I will put my spirit within you. And this goes back to what I talked about in part one with Romans chapter eight. Right. Where verse one tells us we've been free from sin. And verse two. Tells us that hey, we now have the power to overcome that sin, Amen. right? And then we 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 don't quite understand that because again, like I mentioned, it's not taught a lot of times. What what is taught is you know what God forgives us, like what Phil likes to say a lot of times, the sloppy grace, right? God forgives us if you sin, all sin is sin to God. Well, that's true, but when we look at the Old Testament, I did the teaching way back at the house that. Yes, all sin is sin to God because he's a holy God. He doesn't know sin like that. Where Jesus does, but God doesn't. But when we look at the Old Testament, if you go, we're not going to go through it today, but even Exodus 22, God gave certain commandments or certain punishments for certain sins. So he didn't weigh all sin the same. Mm -hmm. Right? So, uh, and what's interesting is, we flip it in today's society. So, in Exodus 22, if a thief stole something, they just had to pay it back. Right? But, if you worshiped idols, got into idolatry, you were supposed to be put to death. If you got into sorcery, witchcraft, you were supposed to be put to death. Right? But now, what do we do today? We will say today, in today's time, thieves never change. Right. So once a thief, always a thief and you're a thief, go to jail or whatever or kill him. Whatever. I don't know. But today, what happens now? Churches have false festivals. They're welcome. Little kids and dressed as witches. Right. Or somebody could say that they're practicing witches and a lot of Christians don't even care. They think it's no big deal. Right. But God has an issue with that. Right. Or we get into idolatry. Covetousness. Right? We, we we learn to covet houses from the time we kids. We learn to covet houses, cars, money, and things like that. But these are things that God put a heavy penalty on. It wasn't just okay, look the other way. No, put them to death. Put them to death. And the thing about it, here's another thing. If you mistreated widows and followed it um children who were who didn't have fathers. Guess what? You're supposed to be put to death. Right? But in today's time, a lot of times we ignore widows. Right? I'm talking about the church. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. Right? We ignore widows. We give them attention all the way up until the funeral. And then after the funeral, everybody for themselves. Right? And that shouldn't be. Alright, so let's, uh, oh man time's going quick. All right, good thing I ain't tell y'all. All right. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. <laughs> Romans chapter 1. Uh yeah, Romans chapter 1. So, we 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 have to be bond servants. We have to be bond servants to 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 the Lord. And and that's going to help us in the sanctification part. And see what happens is we we're going to see something here that I I just saw while I was reading this earlier today. And we're just going to read the first verse. And then we're gonna to go to Titus one, but I just want to. Um, all right, we there? All right. Romans chapter one, verse one. Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. So Paul says, "Hey, he's what a bond servant to Jesus Christ, who is called." Right now, we in the church today we talk about what the calling a lot of times, right? A lot of times Christians have no idea what their calling is, right? (laughs) They have no idea because a lot of times we think calling is just being part of the fivefold ministry. It is not right. You can be called to be a deacon. You be, you can be called to the ministry of administrations. You know, we have to know what our calling is. So the thing is this, we have to understand Paul has his bond servant of Jesus Christ. Called to be an apostle. We have to understand the calling comes before we even born. Right? So before we, we're even born, the calling comes. Let's turn to uh, Jeremiah thirty six. I'm sorry, uh Jeremiah one. Sorry. I have my mind on Ezekiel. So every born-again believer, their calling comes first. But I'm going to show you where the problem comes in. Why we have so many ministers, leaders, Christians that fall. All right. Jeremiah chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. Before I formed you in, in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, meaning I set you apart. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So this is the Lord speaking to Jeremiah. Saying, look, before I knew you, it's a very familiar verse that we've all read before. Right. I knew you. So basically, I called you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I verse six. Then said, I, oh, Lord, Lord, God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. Sometimes what's what prevents Christians from going into their calling is we look at our shortcoming. That's what Jeremiah was doing here, because, yes. He was a young person who God was calling him to be a prophet, which if we think about it, that is a scary situation because he's got to go before kings. He's got to go before adults and speak what the Lord is telling him. And guess what? As, if you read Jeremiah, it wasn't anything ever good. But as Christians, what happens is we like, well, I know I'm called. God's calling me this, but mm, I have issues. I, I can't do this. I can't do that. We can't. Let, let's see what God tells uh, Jeremiah. Verse 7. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. So Jeremiah was supposed to speak whatever God told him to do. And when we come across prophets today, they will use this. A lot of times as they're calling, right? But what we have to understand, a prophet in the Old Testament is different than a prophet in the New Testament. Let's go to Hebrews chapter one. See, they were in the Old Testament. They were to speak whatever God was commanding them to speak. And guess what? They couldn't deviate. From that, because if they deviated, that means they were speaking on their own own authority and not God's authority. And guess what? It had to come to pass. But the same thing today. It still has to come to pass. Right. So what is what 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 does the author say here in Hebrews one uh, verse one? God, who at various times and in various ways, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, Prophets like Isaiah, prophet like Jeremiah, just like Ezekiel, has in these last days, so these last days, we are in the last days, spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. I just seen something there. All right. <laughs> I want to focus in on verse two. Uh, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, his, spoken to us by his son, meaning the word of God. Right. So a lot of times people flock to go find a prophet to or a prophetess to go give him a word. And that word usually f- refers back to when we get a word, it usually refers back to materialistic things. Uh, you're going to get a new truck. <laughs> Sound familiar. Because <laughs> that happen? Right. Or a loved one we've been praying for. They're going to give their heart to the Lord or money, things like that. But what we should be prophesying, it should come from the word of God. That's why it, it tells us in Corinthians to, that the word, the prophet should edify. At that point, because it's coming from the word of God. Right. So not what we're getting today where people say God and see people do that and they're doing that for their own notoriety or to be respected. I don't know. But that's again, it's a a difference. It's a difference in that. And we have to understand that. So what caught me was uh, verse four. Having become so much better than the angels. So you know how we have these hyper-spiritual people and I've talked about it before that focus in on angels so much. They talk about angels more than they talk about Jesus. But, (laughs) Scripture says right here, he's become so much better than the angels. So why do people who claim to have all these angelic encounters like to talk about it and brag about it more than they like to do Jesus? That shouldn't be. Alright, so let's go back to Romans 1 and 1. And I'll read it again. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. So, again, remember when I talked about the calling comes first. The problem with a lot of Christians, a lot of ministers, a lot of leaders. Yes, the calling comes first. But we must first become bondservants before we go into that calling. Right? We're chasing a lot of times we're trying to trace the calling. We don't have to chase the calling because we've already been called before we were formed in our mother's womb, but we need to become bond servants to God before we walk in that calling. Because if we don't become bond servants to God, then guess what? We can become into that calling and become bond servants to our flesh. That's right. Bond servants to man, right? We're trying to please man, trying to please the congregation, trying to please the guest speaker, trying to, Please, these other churches and everybody else, but when we're bond servants to God, there's going to be a difference. Right. right? So, when we see sometimes, see, we'll see pastors and leaders in the church, they'll fall, and sometimes they may start out with bond, being bond servants to God, but somehow they became a bond servant to their flesh, and now their calling is all messed up. But if we become bond servants to God first, now we're walking in sanctification. Now we're walking in obedience and now we will have victory. Doesn't mean everything is going to be roses. We may we're going to face opposition. That's automatic, especially as believers. As long as we're in this world, we're going to face opposition. We are going to face trials. But guess what? All we have to do is remain bond service and endure. And God will make a way. God will make a way. It will seem like it's difficult we will find ourselves getting upset at times, right? So I think back even to when I first got saved, being on a submarine, I had my, um, there was obstacles that I faced. But once I realized that I had to submit and surrender and not try to handle things out of my flesh because what I was trying to do, I became, well, what I was doing at one point, I became a bond servant to my flesh and started trying to handle things naturally. See when, we be, and see, when we become bondservants to our flesh, it doesn't mean we're going to go out there and again commit these egregious sins. Now we start trying to do things ourselves instead of sitting back and allowing God to do it. Amen. So when I try to do things myself, guess what? I will alienate not only myself and, my, and God, but alienate other people because I, be, I had attitudes because it wasn't working out the way I wanted it to. Right. <laughs> You know, I'm like, I just don't understand why, why, why can't it be done this way? You told me one thing. Why is it becoming another thing instead of just trusting God? That's right. And then once I learned to trust God, it all worked out. It all worked out. Amen. He was there the whole time. Yep. But because I became a bond to my flesh, guess what? He had to sit back Amen. like yep. waiting for this moron, whatever. <laughs> To get his act together. <laughs> and then once I got my act together, everything flowed. Everything flowed. All right, so let's go to Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1, then we're going to go to James 1 and 1. All right. Oh, still have pages. (laughs) I'm just trying to get as much in before the time. All right. Titus chapter one, verse one. Paul. a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness. So I just wanted to read that verse right there. But again, Paul isn't saying, hey, he is a bond servant. A bond servant. We must become bond servants. Now let's go to James chapter one. Flick your pages to the left. Right after Hebrews. <laughs> I'm gonna just read verse one. All right, James chapter one, verse one. James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. So again, we must become bond servants first. If we become bond servants, now we we are basically that word bond servant really means slave. But I'm gonna read the definition here. Uh, bond servant. One. This is from straight from the uh, Greek. One who gives himself up to another's will, those whose service is used by Christ in extending and advancing his cause among men. See, so if we become bond servants before we enter the calling, it's going to be about his will. But if we don't become bond servants before we enter the calling, it's going to become our will. I need to speak so many times because... I need to maintain my lifestyle, my living. I need a roof over my head, things like that. No, if you become a bond servant, guess what? You recognize God is going to take care of your needs. Right. Thank you, Jesus. right? That's right. Now it's not about you realize God is going to supply. God is going to make a way where it seems to be no way. and That's what we have to make. But that's why it's important for us to be bond servants. because if we're not bond servant, we're going to be a bond servant to something. And, and, and it's important for us to become bond servants to God first. All right, let's turn to Romans six. Um, I think we'll start at nineteen. Actually, we'll start at eighteen. Romans chapter 6. Alright. Romans chapter 6 beginning at verse 18. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So, now, where we once were our old man in sin... And we serve the things of the flesh and the things of the world and the things of the devil. Now we become slaves of righteousness and we're going to want to serve and please God. Right. So now verse 19, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. So let's stop right there. That that speaking in because of the weakness of your flesh actually means uh, spiritual immaturity. So what he's saying here is I speak in human terms because of your spiritual immaturity. Right. So we 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 even read it in uh, Corinthians where uh, Paul says, look, y'all should be on meat by now. But I'm still giving you I still have to give you milk because you're spiritually immature. So he's saying the same thing to the Romans here. Right. Why does he have to give them milk and why is it important? So even as new believers, we, we do have to get milk. Right. Because we wouldn't give a new baby solid food right away. Right. And it's not going to be nutritious to that baby and they can't handle it. Right. But now we give them that formula or the, the breast milk, which is the better option. Now they're getting nutrients. That's what, that's going to help them to grow, help their bones get stronger and things like that. So, yes, we start out getting milk as Christians, but eventually we have to go to meat. So this is what happens sometimes where you could be in a church. You can see somebody has been saved for 20, 25 years and they're still immature. Why? Because they've probably been getting milk since they've been walking in the things of the Lord. Right. And, and I'm going to tell you, a lot of outreach churches are guilty of this. Why? Because they want to reach everybody, bring them in and to do what? Catch the fish, but they don't want the <laughs> to clean the fish. They don't want to clean the fish. They want to go out and win souls, do all the soul winning, do all the outreaches and get everybody to come in. But guess what? They're not cleaning the fish. They're not teaching the people. They're not teaching the people. And this is how they end up spiritually immature after being saved for even three, five, ten years. And they're still walking around and they're still struggling in the things of their flesh. Because each time, not all the outreach churches, but a lot of them, it's still everything is about witnessing, 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 witnessing. And they're not getting the word. We need the full course meal. Genesis to Revelation. Right. And this is why we have so many Christians that are weak spiritually. Right. And and we can't we cannot be that way. We have to grow. You know, and and it's important for churches to have teachers. Right. So, yes, I'm a pastor, but I know I'm called to be a teacher first. I know I'm called to be a teacher first. Right. So. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny because you come across. Well, I'll come across people that say, "Yeah, God's called me to to, to teach," but they never study. Mm. You can't be a teacher if you don't if you don't study. So, no, you're not called to be a teacher. You you you, you need to go find out what you're called to do. And, and I'll tell you what. Before I came to the Lord, I did not like studying. Well, let me not say that because I did study sports and stuff like that. <laughs> but once I came to the Lord. I started studying. Right? I read the Bible. I, I, I read uh, commentaries and things like that. I just enjoyed it. And sometimes I would be so excited. I would go to Marshall. And she'd be like, why are you telling me this? I don't care. But see, to a teacher, it's exciting. But to somebody, a Christian, it may not be. Right? Unless I'm teaching it, then then I'll present it in a different way. Like I'm doing it now. But to myself, I'm all into it. Right? So, you, if, if as a Christian if you don't like to study you're not called to teach <laughs> but we do have to find our calling because that's why a lot of Christians struggle because one year they're called to be a teacher next year they're called to be a pastor following year they want to say they're called to be apostle and they have no idea they have no idea and then the following year they may just give up on that at all, totally and just say well I'm called just to do child care <laughs> you know and then they're, they're miserable but if they become a bond servant to god first god would lead us into the calling because you know what like i said we don't have to chase down the calling we just walk right into it we just walk right into it and that's the beauty of serving him and even a life of sanctification right because even though our flesh at times want to get us to be riled up and it can happen in any area where we may find ourselves. It can happen even while we're in church. It can happen when we're sitting at home and we get a phone call from a friend, a coworker, especially a family member. Right. And when we're going through, right, we're looking for something from them. And then they give us something that doesn't even line up that causes us to become more upset. Right. But no, we, we need to become bond servants to the Lord. And if we trust in God, right, not even just to call him, we trust in God in every area and we're serving him. He will provide. And then at that point, he'll bring a stranger to us. He'll bring a stranger to us to. Provide a testimony to us, to help us, to give us wisdom, impart wisdom into us about something that we're going through. Right. And, then, and again, we have to it, it, if we're not bond servants to God, then we're going to be a bond servant to our flesh. And our flesh is going to cause us to reach out to other people. Yeah. Right. But God saying, no, reach out to me That's right. and I'll bring somebody <laughs> to you. Right. Or I may come myself and give you something. Right. So there is the difference. So, again, when we feel that tugging to reach out to somebody. That means our flesh is rising up and saying, hey, come serve me. Yeah. Come serve me. Yeah. Look, I'm working on your soul. Your emotions, they need work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that Band-Aid on it. <laughs> no, God wants to rip that Band-Aid off and let it heal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He wants to let it heal. Amen. Hey, man. All right. So that, you know, when we, it, it's like this. So. Our nature is dead, and I, like I said, our flesh wants to get it to rise up, right? So it's like um, an English bulldog. If you don't know English, we, we, we've had two. We won't get another one. <laughs> First one was me, not to us, but everybody else. And the second one just had so much skin issues. Yeah, we won't do another one. But I love them. <laughs> but bulldogs, if you've ever been around, they're calm. They're docile, right? Lazy, right? So now, when we first got our first bulldog, when we were living in Connecticut, I used to go around and calling and talking to uh, canine trainers because I'm like, well, you know what? I wanted to train them to be a guard dog, but they wouldn't do it. And the reason why they wouldn't do it because they said, if you don't know about bulldogs, years ago, centuries ago, they were taught to be mean and fight lions and bears and things like that. And they will get put in the ring. A, a few of them will get put in the ring with bulls and they will do bull baiting. And that's how the name Bulldog came about. Right? So, what they will say is this even though they're calm now, if we start to give them that training, that old nature is going to rise up in them. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to become super aggressive. Yeah. Right? So, same thing. Our old man is dead. But if we start to feed our flesh, that old nature is going to rise up like it would in that bulldog. And now we're going to be angry. <laughs> we're going to be upset for those that had anger issues. Right? <laughs> then we might go to the bottle for those that may have uh, drinking issues. We may go to drugs for those that had drug issues. We may run out to men or women for those that had lust issues. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that old nature, and, and that's what that flesh wants us to do. That's why... The Bible says uh, in Galatians 5, what? the flesh is going to be in opposition, right The flesh is going to be in opposition to the spirit. all right uh, Romans 6 verse 22 we were still in Romans six, right uh, verse 22, "But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life." So we have to understand being a bond servant. To God. Is going to lead us to fruits of holiness. Being a bond servant to our flesh. The world. The devil. Is going to lead to death. Right. Not physical death. Although in some cases it may. But spiritual death being internally separated. Let's turn to. John. Chapter 8. John chapter 8. Getting close to the time. John chapter 8. Oh, let me see where we'll start. John 8, 31. <clears throat> then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Well, let, what Jesus is talking to his disciples and I'm sorry, I should have prefaced that before I read that. Jesus was talking to his disciples, but also were there were the Pharisees, the religious leaders. Right. So now, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. Indeed, verse 32, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Right. So what's the truth? The word of God. That's right. right. This is why we have to stay in the word of God. Right. Which was number two. And that, we have to stay in the word of God. Now, verse 33. They answered him, they being the religious leaders who were there. Answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Right? So, again, when we give in to our flesh... Now we're going to commit sin. That word, when he's talking about here, commit sin, meaning habitually, because there's a verb there, habitually, meaning the practicing of sin. All right. So whatever we do, we may not know somebody's salvation. But what do we do? We read the fruit. Fruit inspectors. Right. So someone that's living according to the flesh, they're going to display fruit. Right. We also call it works of the flesh, but it's still going to to be a fruit. All right. Verse 35. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you should be free indeed. So they were saying, hey, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. See, the reaction of the religious leader wasn't hey, this is a word. What What are you trying to say? Let's hear what he's saying. No. They actually chose to be servants bond servants to their flesh because think about it they're focusing on Abraham they're focusing on the natural thing they're they're focusing on their birthright and and it has nothing to do with the birthright And, and that's what we have to understand so instead of saying hey tell us more we're going to trust in your word no they're focusing on them being Abraham's seed or Let's bring it to today. I don't have to listen to what you're saying because I belong to this church. I sit up under this pastor. I don't have to listen to what you say. That's no different than what they're doing here because that's the natural thing. And we can't we, we can't do that because ultimately it's. We have to become bond servants of God. So if we say something like that, now we become a bond servant to the pastor. That's right. Or we become a bond servant to the church. But no matter what it is, we have to become bond servants to God, Jesus Christ. And I am not going to go any further because I am going to go over my time. But I'll call it, out that We 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 have to remain and abide in the Word and Jesus Christ. And in order to walk out this sanctification, we have to be servants of God. We have to be servants of God. We can't go into a calling, can't go into ministry, and it's even if we're just going to do outreach or even prayer walk, we, we have to be bond servants to God. That's right. Because if we're, not, we're going to be bond servants to something. Right? Whether it's the devil, whether it's the world, whether it's sin, ourselves, we can become bond servants to our spouses. Family members. Right? We, we, we can't do that, And there's so many people, so many Christians become bond servants to the pastor. Why? Pastors just like a man, it, you know, that's right. pastor's no more special than anybody else. Hey, pastor, pa- no, that's not what it's about. It's about Jesus Christ. That's the true shepherd, right? A pastor's called a shepherd, under shepherd, right? But we honor the pastor, right? But we don't become a bond servant to the pastor. See, because if we become bond servants to God first, guess what? That'll take care of our our lifestyle in the church, lifestyle at home, lifestyle at work. All those things, all those things will line up because we're going to know, hey, I don't work unto man. I work unto God. Right. And that's what we have to remember. So now, even though, again, somebody may irritate us at work, guess what? That's okay. God will take care of it. As long as we're bond servants to Him, hey, Amen. I'm over my time by thirty-five. No, yeah, thirty-five seconds. All right, let's bow our heads. <laughs> hey, Amen.